This is Mike Corey from ESPN, and you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome in to the Sports Objective, the podcast for the Pirates. Very uh, glad to have you on right now. It's a Sunday evening as we're recording this live. And with us right now, Bubba Rosenbaum. What's up, man? Not a whole lot, Dave. Looking forward to talking some Pirate football. You know, had had fun this afternoon with Riley and a couple of his cousins. Uh, went to my first NBA game in a long time. Um, you know, back in the day, I um, went to probably 15 or 20 Charlotte Hornets games before they became the New Orleans Hornets. But uh, you know, never went to a Bobcats game, even though I lived within an hour. And um, now finally making it back to a Hornets game, I wanted to get Riley and his cousins, like I said, that experience. And uh, we saw the Hornets get a 124 to 108 victory over the Washington Wizards this afternoon. I hate I couldn't be there. It's uh, one of those things, a work thing. Uh, with us right now, obviously, playing for the Pirates, uh, linebacker under Coach Logan, former linebacker for the Pirates, Matt Semenza. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm doing great. Um, I'm, I'm actually, right now, I am in the, the, the lovely state of Massachusetts. It's flurrying, it's snow flurrying. But uh, in the middle of the night, I'm getting on a plane and going down to Orlando for vacation for a week. So I can't wait to get the hell out of here. <laughs> Well, you just have to rub it in, right? Rub it in. Rub it in like the smoke goes. <laughs> Bubba Rosenbaum, very excited to have one of the newest Pirates. Obviously, I covered uh, spring football yesterday, but very happy to have uh, with us uh, a new wide receiver to that wide receiver room. Yeah, no doubt, Dave. Uh, one of the points of emphasis um, in this recruiting class for Mike Houston and staff was to add at least one, if not a couple or a few wide receivers and playmakers um, to that room. You, you know, you're losing Tyler Sneed. You lose Audio Matosho, who had around 40 receptions, give or take, last year. You lose C.J. Johnson, who certainly has playmaking ability. Uh, and I say lose C.J. Uh, his status is still up in the air. Hopefully we have not lost C.J., but uh, that will be determined by uh, – CJ checking all the boxes that he needs to get checked over the coming weeks. But uh, hopefully that will be the case, and that will be one more playmaker we have in that room. But right now, very excited to be joined by Toledo transfer Isaiah Winstead. Isaiah, welcome into the show. How y'all doing? Appreciate y'all having me. And no doubt, Isaiah, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Uh, we obviously wanted to have you on, being a, a new pirate. Uh, Tell us about that whole process. I know you were in Toledo, and now you're coming to to Greenville, to the Pirates. How did all that transpire? Uh, originally, I started um, out of high school. I went to uh, Norfolk State for two years. I transferred. So how I got to Toledo was um, I was being heavily recruited by UCLA. I, uh, they came down to Richmond and watched me work out or whatever, and they was impressed. And, you know, they was uh, they had one more scholarship left for a transfer. And uh, so they uh, a quarterback from Washington had decommitted 
and they had chose the quarterback. They needed a quarterback more. And somebody from um, Toledo was at UCLA, and they told the coaching staff about me, and that's how I ended up there. I did the COVID season there. I did in my junior year there, and then I entered the portal, and then I ended up at uh, ECU for my last year. You know, Isaiah, you hear it <clears throat> excuse me, all the time in recruiting how important relationships are, you know, whether it's, you know, a coach knowing another coach or you know, a coach knowing a player. And, and that's certainly the case in your situation. Uh, you talk about playing at Norfolk State for a couple of seasons. Uh, Latrell Scott, East Carolina's passing game coordinator and inside wide receivers coach, uh, was your head coach there at Norfolk State before you moved on to Toledo. Uh, so talk about your relationship with Coach Scott and uh, how important that was in you choosing East Carolina. Uh, me and Coach Scott, we like we were real close. You know, like when I came on my official visit, uh, we went to his house that night and you know hung out, hung out with his family. I know his son, I know his wife, so that was cool. Like we were real close, and um, it was good knowing him, like connection wise. Like when I entered the portal, because like as soon as I entered the portal, like he he was on me, like you know saying he need me, he want me to be at ECU and all that stuff. So that was an option, like, off-rip, like, first day in the portal um, to have. So, you know, it was good to have that connection with him because he know he know what I bring to the table. Like, he coached me when I was young, though, but he know. Yeah, and no, no doubt, um, you know, relationships are so very important and that sense of familiarity and you know what you're going to get to. Uh, and um, you know, obviously put a lot of stock in what Coach Scott says uh, about everything we have going on with the East Carolina program. And um, in addition to that, uh, I know it had to be an excellent selling point for Coach Houston and staff um, to talk about catching balls from a guy like Holton Aylers, um, who's going to be starting now for a fifth season. Um, you know, he started part of the year his freshman year way back in 2018. And because of COVID, has a chance to be a starting quarterback um, for a fifth season, which is a, a rarity for sure. But uh, talk about having the chance to um, play with a, a tremendous signal caller like Holton Ellis. Uh I can't – I actually can't wait. Like, you know, it just seemed like the perfect fit. You know, he want me there. I want to be there. And like, ever since, ever since I was in the portal, he like, you know, I got to have you and all that stuff. So, like, I just can't wait. You know, he called, like, with the offense, whatever he see out there, he like a, you know, he like, he called his own, he basically called his own offense. Like, like whatever he see, he can check the play and just put you in the best matchup to make a play. So, I can't wait to play with him. Isaiah, this is Kyle Barber. I'm just now joining the podcast. I'm part of the team, uh, along with Matt Simmons, a former ECU linebacker, who also just joined the broadcast. Um, glad to have you in Greenville uh, and, and at East Carolina. Uh, your your uh, your skills are desperately needed as a uh, graduation and and guys joining. You know, trying to go in the draft kind of affected our wide receiver depth. Um, uh, obviously, you transfer in here. You put up good numbers at Toledo. You expect to contribute right away. Uh, with one year of eligibility left, how important was it for you to choose a school that you knew that you you would be able to come right in and be a key contributor? 
Uh, I mean, it was very important, but I feel like, you know, wherever I went, I was like, I can go ball, but, you know, it's all up to the coaching at the end of the day. You got to go with somebody you can trust because they could tell you one thing and then bring you down there and it'd be something different. So, you know, I could trust Coach Scott and from the looks of the staff, you know, when I came on my official visit, I feel like, you know, they gave me the vibes that they genuine and I could trust them as well. So, you know. Isaiah, I wanted to ask as far as when it comes to East Carolina, you obviously played, the, like you said, with Coach Scott the first two years in Norfolk State. How familiar are you with the Pirates? Obviously, our, one of our nicknames is wide receiver. You, a lot of great wide receivers over the years. Was that a factor in addition to reconnecting with Coach Scott? Uh, I'm not too familiar with it. I mean, you know, I, I didn't like, you know, the top receivers like Zay Jones and Justin Hardy. Like, I knew about that. But, you know, that definitely played a factor, though. You know, like, that when you go to ECU, like, as a receiver, you probably successful. So, like, that definitely played a factor. Uh, Before I was ready to commit, Zay Jones had called me on FaceTime, and we had talked about some stuff, too. So, you know, that was cool. Isaiah, you, you played at Toledo, and um, the Rockets have some tradition in football. The MAC is a good league. Uh, obviously, you know, non-conference is non-conference. You're going to face so-called Power 5 opponents at both schools, East Carolina and Toledo. Uh, what do you see if on film, or how much have you watched? Uh, how much of a difference do you think there is from the Americans versus the MAC? Um. I really, you know, I haven't watched film yet. I haven't been um, on campus or nothing. Well, I mean, besides my visits and stuff like that, you know, I haven't, I'm not, I don't have no login to the film, but I don't feel like it's too much different. You know, if you, you people can buy everywhere. So, you know, like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm ready. Like, I'm ready. I'm not too much worried about, what other people do and all that stuff. I'm just going to be prepared myself for, and be ready when the time comes. Now, Isaiah, during that time at Toledo, um, you know, you'd had a very productive two years at Norfolk State where you had, um, you know, a little over 80 receptions. And unfortunately, um, one of those years at Toledo was really impacted by COVID where you played a six-game schedule as we were discussing off the air. So um, you, you only got half the games that you would have gotten otherwise, and you probably would have had a bowl game there uh, as well as um, Toledo typically uh, plays um, within that within that league and, you know, winning eight, nine, ten ball games or more. But um, you had the chance to play at Notre Dame. Uh, talk about that experience and, you know, uh, making making the jump from, uh, from Norfolk State to Toledo, um, you know, and just uh, how that went. Uh, it was it was cool. Like, I always felt like I could play at a, a higher level anyway. Like, that was kind of one of the reasons I had transferred from Norfolk State to get more exposure and play at a higher level. So, you know, like, when I went to Notre Dame, it was like – it was a dream come true, really. Like, you know, that's what you see on TV, and I finally got to play a big school like that. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm confident I work. I put in the work, so 
I feel like I'm like I'm meant to be there. Like I'm I fit. So like it wasn't too much of a like a big thing besides the fact that I've seen it on TV. Like I ain't I ain't let that affect my play or nothing. I, the moment wasn't too big for me. Now, Isaiah, let's talk about you as a receiver. You're 6'3", 215 pounds, at least that's um, what you were listed at uh, last season for Toledo. Um, is that where you currently are weight-wise, 215? 210. 210. Okay. Uh, Pirate fans, you know, and this is just, you know, a little bit of film I have seen on Isaiah. And uh, Isaiah, I certainly don't expect you to necessarily know who this guy is, but um, a guy named Trayvon Brown uh, finished up his Pirate career back in the final year of the Scotty Montgomery era uh, back in 2018, I guess it was, um, but uh, e- either 2017 or 2018. But nonetheless, uh, Trayvon Brown, 6'2", 210, 215 pounds. And uh, you remind me a lot of Trayvon. I'm trying to uh, make a comparison there that I think Pirate fans will be able to relate to. Yep. Uh, just, just, just with your size and like Matt had mentioned, I think this is probably what he's about to chime in with uh, ability to make plays down the field in the, in the vertical passing game. Yeah, Bubba, I think that's a great comparison. Um, you know, Isaiah, one of the things when, when you kind of analyze your stats, one of the stats that really jumped out at me was how effective you are on deep balls, passes 20 yards down the field or more, um, you're very efficient in that category. You graded out over a 90, um, you know, on pro football focus. So that's a, that's a great stat. It shows your ability to get downfield and make big plays. But you were also efficient, you know, um, you know, in the, in the short and intermediate routes as well. So, um, you know, hopefully that's something that you're able to bring to Greenville, you know, your ability to make big plays and, um, you know, what, what is it about your game that, that allows you to get that kind of separation down the field? Uh, I'll say my my releases, like my lateral quickness and my route run. Like, I'm not no 4-3. Like, I'm not the fastest person, but, like, I can create separation with my route running. Like, that's – like I said, like, I was in another podcast, and I was like, I take pride in that, like, you know, because uh, me being so big, and not no four three guy like you gotta be good in other areas like to make up for that. So my lateral quickness, my releases off the line, I could be like I could I'm versatile. I could play small. I could play big. You know I could play slot. I can do all that. So that's how I, that's how I feel like I can get uh, separation. Yeah, know, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you're also a very effective blocker um, on the perimeter. Um, Isaiah, just out of curiosity, at, at Toledo, do you run a lot of um, perimeter, like wide receiver screens, tunnel screens? Um, is that a big part of the offense there? Uh, I mean, from these past couple of years when I was there, it wasn't. We we went over it and practiced a few, but I didn't get too many of those. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, that blocking is definitely needed on the perimeter, so um, – we're just very excited to have you here. Definitely. Isaiah, have, have, have you set any any personal goals? Um, uh, you know, obviously the biggest goal is to, to help the team achieve success on the field, but have you set personal goals yet for this coming up season? Uh, yeah. Um, win the championship. Of course, like, help the team, but win the championship, um, 1,200 yards, 12-plus 12 touchdowns.
Well, if you achieve those goals, we'll we'll all be pretty happy. <laughs> Particularly that whole championship thing. That'd be fantastic. I feel like I feel like I will. Isaiah, I hope you get twelve touchdowns the first game against our arch rival NC State. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, how about that for a first play? Um, little 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 play action to uh, to Keaton Mitchell and uh, Isaiah Winstead over the top toward the bone yard uh, with fifty thousand pirates going nuts. <laughs> it sounds good. I can't wait. <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of, I was going to ask this a follow up real quick, guys. Uh, Isaiah, are you aware of the in-state rivals like an NC State? I know you played at Norfolk State. Are you aware of the rivalry with NC State? The very first game, Labor Day weekend. Yeah, yes, sir. They told me. They told me about it. They definitely told me about it. They and they was telling me about how like. uh like how it's gonna be packed, it's gonna be sold out. Like they already sold, I think they sold like what fifteen thousand already for the first game. Uh, that's yes. the goal: fifteen thousand season tickets sold. We're 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 around twelve thousand at this point. But yeah. you can rest assured that NC State game, if it ain't sold out fifty thousand, it, it won't be far. It's always packed, and that's our biggest rival non-conference. Um, I, I know when you were at Toledo, who's is Toledo's biggest rival Bowling Green? Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. So so you got to experience that rivalry. Uh no disrespect to the Toledo Bowling Green rivalry is important because it's a conference game, but these Carolina NC State rivalry, I guarantee you'll be a little bit more intense. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> you know, with the COVID uh Isaiah with the COVID years and all that stuff, it's uh it's been where it's been really tough to get uh, all the people in and the program was down for a few seasons. And finally coach Houston and staff has things turned around to have a game like NC state labor day weekend, the first game of the year home game. And then uh, Isaiah, as far as history is concerned, not too many times we've had four straight games in a row uh, home games. There's seven home games this year. Four of them are the first four games in September. Yeah, that that definitely that definitely caught my eye at the beginning, you know. Like just to have home field advantage, four games straight, be able to gain um gain momentum for the season and you know, start the season off right. That definitely caught my attention. I, I, Isaiah, I wanted to ask you, um, and I apologize guys, I have kind of a rough connection here, but um Isaiah, I wanted to ask you, you know, like I think the guys on this call, we're all very biased. We love East Carolina, we you know, I, I always say East Carolina University is the best kept secret on the East Coast. And um, just kind of curious your your thoughts and your impression when you came on your recruiting visit. Um, is it what you expected? Were you were you uh, more impressed than you thought you'd be by when you you know, when you saw the stadium and got a chance to see the town and just uh, get a feel for it? Yeah, it was it was definitely more than what I thought it was going to be. You know, I really didn't know about ECU that much. Like, all I really knew was, like, how they went from uh, the ACC to the AAC. So, like, I didn't really know much of the history behind it. But when I came here, it was like, uh, well, when I went there, it was like, it was live. Like, you know, it's people walking around, just like a live town. And then, you know, the facilities, the stadium, all that was nice. The weight room was crazy. So, like, it definitely was more than what I thought. And, uh, you know, of course, the coaching, like, everybody just was genuine. It just seemed like they put, like, a lot of effort into having me there. So, 
better weather in Greenville than Toledo, Ohio. That's for sure. You won't be as cold. Um, what, what, what's some stuff? Uh, what, what's some stuff people might find interesting about you personally? What, what are some of your interests and hobbies? Uh, I mean, I play I play the game a little bit, but for for all I do is just work on my craft. That's it. I got a dream. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to chase that. That's, do you play the video games? Sometimes. Like uh, Madden and NBA 2K? Madden and I play Mortal Kombat. I don't really play 2K. Well, yeah, one of the biggest games, not to get too sidetracked, is WWE 2K, the new one that's out right now. A lot of people going wild on that, so I didn't know. We just got that game, uh, my kids and I, last week, so we got to dive into that. But <laughs> now, now, Isaiah, uh, you talk about chasing your dream, obviously. Uh, after winning a championship, we hope, and with the Pirates, um, you know, talk about, um, you know, who are some of your favorite wide receivers at that next level? And clearly, Donnie Kirkpatrick, East Carolina's offensive coordinator during his time as a receivers coach under Ruffin McNeil, you know, helped develop Justin Hardy, uh, also uh, also Zay Jones, and um, um, Dwayne Harris. So I mean, you know, he's he's put several guys into the professional ranks and. Uh, and uh, hopefully you'll be the next one. Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I really watch a lot of receivers. I don't really – I can't really say, like, I have, like, a favorite. But, you know, I watch Kenan Allen. I watch uh, Devontae Adams. Like, I watch um, Justin Jefferson. That's who I feel like I can, like, move, like, you know. And for me to be this big, I feel like that's something that – stands out like because usually people who my size don't can't really move like that so like you know i take stuff from their game like that Devonte adams and justin jefferson and and receivers like that keenan island i'd say with you being from richmond uh, obviously was one of the decisions to come back where you could play close to home you played at norfolk state like we talked about in the first two years before you transferred eventually to toledo I assume as we have uh, some folks here, including Craig, one of our uh, regular listeners and uh, viewers, uh, pointed out that a lot of your family could come down from Richmond to Greenville, right? Yes, sir. And I'm yeah. sure are they happy to have you back closer to home? Yes, sir. Like out of all my, out of all the top three that I chose, you know, I had chose ODU and Virginia Tech. All of those was like, you know, ODU was even closer, but you know. That was that was a big thing too as well, like for my peoples to come see me for my last season. You know when that, when I was at Toledo, uh, my my pops he only came to one game, the first game. He couldn't make it to any other because you know it's on. It was ten hours away, so it was it was hard to get there. So that that's a big thing. He'll definitely be at every home game for sure. You mentioned uh, Old Dominion ODU is <clears throat> second game of the year and. Uh, you mentioned you had an opportunity to transfer there. So that's one you definitely want to win. You don't want to lose to a team you turn down. So you you, you going to have to ball out big against the uh, Monarchs. <laughs> Most definitely. They go see. Something else, Isaiah, you know, just you know, talk about the process. Um, you, you just outlined your, uh, you know, your final three that you narrowed it down to, but you'd also heard from some schools within the American, right, like like Houston and Memphis? No, no, no. I, uh, 
so when I was in a portal and, you know, I posted a video saying that I'm transferring and stuff like that, my, one of my friends had, had mentioned, uh, a Memphis coach that he like he's close with or whatever he know that he had mentioned him under my video and Memphis like they never hit me up like I was saying in the other podcast like like I want to play them because he ain't hit me up like I want to show him like you know what's up and then um uh Houston like I had hit up the receipt this was before I even entered the transfer portal this probably was like like Maybe like a couple weeks after the bowl game, I had I hit up Houston coach just to see like uh, if he would be interested, and he had never hit me back. So like you know, I was that's another game I want to play just so he could see like you know you should hit me back. Absolutely, that that was a game last year um, that I'm sure you may be aware of now. Um, several close several close calls. I mean that that game after a lengthy weather delay due to uh to lightning in the Houston area we we uh, lost in overtime uh, that night against the Cougs yeah you know Holden told me I I went and watched uh all of those games myself anyway though like the highlights and you know of course the coaches told me about all that too but not this year though it sounds like Isaiah, you mentioned Isaiah, you mentioned the bowl game you know that makes me uh Makes me think about um, it. Seems to be a new thing in the last few years. Uh, players sitting out bowl games uh, when they're about to go uh, enter the, the draft. Um, what are, What are your thoughts on that? If East Carolina, well, let me rephrase it. When East Carolina makes a bowl game this year, um, are, are, are you know is that something you plan to participate in, or are you guys as, that, that thinks uh, you might uh, you might be looking ahead to the draft at that point, or is it just going to be a decision when that time comes? Uh, I'll I'll be there. I'll be playing. <laughs> you don't get too many. You don't get too many opportunities. So, like, I'll definitely be there. I don't, I don't he feel is like... a pirate, guys. He is a pirate. That's the right attitude right there. He's a pirate. You're going to be a fan favorite for sure, Isaiah, because as you probably know, it really hurts for these players that work so hard. Uh, guys like Bruce Bivens of the world that have played so many years and had uh, really lean years, and for them to make a bowl game and for Boston College to pull out like they did uh, there in the military bowl, very tough. But it was good to see yesterday uh, the rings that Coach Houston, uh, they actually had a ring ceremony there at the spring game. Very cool to honor those guys because they were so deserving of a bowl game, the opportunity to win a bowl game, and to have it like 24 hours before was just a – really bad situation, so glad they could do that. And now to have the Pirates to come back, have the spring ball, uh, have you guys come in like you are, um, I, I think it's going to be a really good year, and well, we're certainly happy that you're a Pirate. Do you have anything uh, else? Uh, what about uh, – do you have a uh, something what you're majoring in? Uh, I major I, – I was first in psychology, but, you know, I yeah. switched that because uh, – uh, it was a lot with football and getting extra work. You know, I'm not somebody who just, you know, just go to practice and that's it. You know, I got to get extra work throughout the day. So, like, and with psychology, you got to really, like, be locked in all the way with that. So, uh, I had switched to general studies. Uh, yeah. Well, we're looking forward to having you and certainly uh, very excited to have you for a pirate and, 
before we let you go, obviously one. Well, I, I, don't know, I don't know the question for Isaiah oh. really fast Dave, before you wrap it up. Um, Isaiah, what was your favorite moment at Toledo so far? What, what was your favorite game? Your favorite win? Uh, my favorite moment at Toledo. All my, I think all my hundred plus yard games we had lost, but my my favorite moment probably was Notre Dame, just the experience, you know, just never been able to play in front of a crowd like that. You know, I was at Norfolk State. You ain't really played schools like that. You know, the biggest school we played yeah. around that time was JMU. So, you know, and then, you know, my uh, the COVID year, we played all conference games and they ain't high fans during that time. So Notre Dame was just like the biggest game, like crowd wise. And it was just a good atmosphere. And that's like, it felt like real college football. So like, besides my personal stats, like in games that I had a hundred plus and stuff like that, I would feel like that would be, the, that was the best game. Yeah, and I, and I know Toledo. Toledo doesn't even really draw that well, despite having a lot of tradition in football. The home crowds ain't that great, so that'll be that'll be something you'll enjoy in Greenville. We, people come out, people get loud. It, it ain't Notre Dame, but it, but it ain't Toledo either. They're, they're, you'll enjoy the atmosphere here. No Most doubt. Definitely. Isaiah, do you have one final thought you could tell Pirate Nation as we're trying to uh, increase those season tickets? One so eight hundred dial ECU. People can go there. Or they can go on the internet, ecpirates.com. Do you have anything you want to tell Pirate Nation before we go? Hey, just look for number 11 and number 12, man. We're going to give y'all a reason to come. That's all. All right. That sounds good. I say we're so excited. We thank you for choosing to be a pirate and uh, to wear the purple and gold. Uh, we look forward to meeting you in this, obviously, for fall camp. And uh, have safe travels. We can't wait uh, to see you. Uh, this fall on Dowdy Fickle is going to be great. Appreciate it. I can't wait to get there. Have a great night. Appreciate you coming on and being flexible with us tonight. It's good to have him. You know, and now if CJ can, you know, keep on doing the right things and get back in the good graces with the coaching staff and the uh, and the team, um, you know, and then the kid from Georgia, his name escapes me right now, and some of our other young receivers, you know, it looked at one point – Johnson. Yes, Johnson. Yeah, so it looked at one point like receiver could be a detriment. But we can get C.J. back, and, and now, the you know, with Winstead, he's a proven commodity coming in. Huh? I was going to say, one yeah, we, just saw Hatfield. Hatfield, right. We, we, we could be pretty good at receiver. Uh, does anybody know the, the latest on the uh, kid from Duke? Uh, there's a kid from Duke that's in the transfer portal that had seen some playing time over the last few years that had us on his short list. Uh, does anybody know the latest with that? I know of him, but I haven't heard. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either, Kyle. I um, certainly know the young man you're talking about, although his name escapes me. But uh, you had him, and then you also had a had a guy from Texas A&M. But, uh, you know, according to uh, Stephen Igo at Hoist the Colors with 24-7 Sports, uh, Igo was saying that the, uh, the Duke option, obviously, with the connection we have there with Raquan Boyette, having been their offensive coordinator and uh, wide receivers coach a year ago, that um, the the Duke option certainly seemed like the more likely option. Yeah, and, as, and if you have a chance to add quality depth at receiver, uh, you know, you do it. And whether CJ's coming back or not, uh, to me, you add all these pieces and that's more pressure on CJ. 
to 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 do the little things right. And I'm rooting for CJ. You know, I hate I hate seeing on hoist the colors and something boneyard banner. So many people being so negative on CJ. Look, the the answer which you should be saying is I hope CJ gets back on the team and and, and he has a great year and, and gets some maturity issues taken care of and does well. Uh, these people that want to be super negative towards him, kid didn't kill anybody. He ain't rob anybody. He he didn't. He just does stupid things. He's not a – people compared him to Jonathan Williams. Well, no, Jonathan Williams was a troublemaker and, and, and a thug. Uh, CJ is just immature and, you know, he's got some growing up to do. So, I hope CJ makes it back on the team and has a banner year this coming season. No question about it. If you're a real Pirate fan, uh, then you need to, to pull hard for you know him. You know, better hero. Yeah. We might have gotten deeper at wide receiver, to be honest, with the transfer. I believe one of the wide receivers next year will be going to the league or at least a camp. So thanks to Peanut Butter Hero. You love it. One of the best names in the history of the sports objective, for sure. Yeah. Um, but no doubt about it, When Exactly, exactly. You, you nailed it, Peanut Butter. They, uh, they hate on CJ now, but they weren't when he was catching balls. Exactly. Now you're 100% right. No question. You no, guys, when, when you look at that, if we were able to get CJ back, and then you look at Winstead, two guys with um, – Obviously, two big body wide receivers. You know, you, you look at Calhoun, um, you look at Ryan Jones, you look at Savage. We have now five guys or so that are big body uh, wide receivers. The t- some of the tight ends they actually play more like a you know a detached yeah. uh, hybrid type tight end like Ryan Jones. I really see him as a hybrid type. So you know, you have plenty of big bodies to go around. And where I really like that is the ability to block on the perimeter. You know, it's it's wide receiver blocking is such an underrated area of the game. And, um, you know, you saw some of our great receivers through the years. Justin Hardy, great Juan blocker. Harris was one of the best We're, blockers I ever saw. Uh, no doubt, Kyle. He was a great blocker. And you, it, it also, when you can block like that on the perimeter, it allows you to do more things, open up your playbook, you know, in the, in the, in the screen game and do some different things. So, um you know, I, I, I'm like you, Kyle. I do hope that we get CJ back and he can kind of clean up some of these, you know, uh, maturity issues and, and just have – it's just another weapon at your disposal, um, you know, that you can have. I'd love to see some more screens. I'd love to see some more screens with Keaton Mitchell with good blocking. I mean, you you, you could do some things with Keaton uh, like we did Chris Johnson um, the year he led the nation. Did he lead the nation in all-purpose yards in 07? If he didn't, it was pretty close. I'm pretty sure you're right on that. Uh, and, um, you know, that bowl game that he had against Boise State out in Hawaii, um, you know, set the uh, set the bowl game mark uh, for all-purpose yards with, I'm trying to remember, 300 and whatever. It was yeah. it was a lot way up there. And I was going to say, Kyle, I, I personally think you're, you're, you're uh, spot on about CJ, uh, not to beat a dead horse, but certainly – I think what's going to happen, I think you'll see once fall camp rolls around, unless he does absolutely nothing. But if I think the coaches are going to put him through the ringer this summer. And uh, to in other words, they're not going to let him back on there easily. I mean, Matt, I'm sure you have stories about that, guys, that uh, were in the bad graces with the coaches. They get kicked off the team and they, you know, have to be, you know, have to <laughs> jump through all the hoops, so to speak. But I, I don't think that – they're going to make him go through the ringer, and I, I would just, unless all things go wrong, I, I would see, I see him back on the team. I really do. 
Yeah, Dave, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, it just it's it's so different now for these for these kids. Everything they do becomes public now. The world has gotten so much smaller with social media. There's there's virtually no room for error. You know, back in the day, you know, and I was no saint at East Carolina, but I you know, I'd be hit myself pretty well. <laughs> but you know, you could get away with a little more back then. There was no Facebook, there was no Instagram. There, there was there was there was no internet. I mean, that's how old we are. So, you know, you you it, it's just these kids now, they're under the microscope. There's so much scrutiny and you know, if you make a mistake, you're going to get exposed and that's just um I guess that's just the way the world is. Richard Allsbrook chimes in, guys, on Facebook saying um, great slot receiver play by uh, number 19, Josh Murphy, in the spring game. Um, great point, Richard. Uh, another guy we have not talked about in that receiver room, uh, Kyle may have mentioned him, but I don't, I don't think we did. Uh, Taji Hudson, the former quarterback. Uh, yeah. Taji Hudson, uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember his numbers from yesterday, but I know Mike Houston specifically mentioned uh, Taji in his post-game remarks after the spring game, um, and I, I remember seeing a highlight on the highlights put out by ECUPirates.com uh, on the ECU Athletics YouTube channel, rather, uh, just you know showing Taji. I think maybe it was a slant route or a skinny post that he caught down near the goal line, and. Uh, made a nice catch and a little run after the catch. So we have some tremendous, um, you know, talent, size, you know, speed at receiver now. Uh, we just need those guys, um, a lot of whom uh, have a lot of inexperience uh, to, to, you know, just grow up quickly. But um, we definitely don't have any shortage of talent. It's just uh, unproven. And then, and then you obviously look at what you have with tight end uh, with Shane Calhoun, uh, Ryan Jones, you know, that duo um, that Matt and I talked about the other day on our tight end and running backs preview. Uh, they combined for 55 catches a season ago, the most production yeah. of East Carolina tight end since way back in 2015 when Bryce Williams. So uh, you think about it. Uh, if you had the two of them on the field and, you know, Josiah Hatfield, Isaiah Winstead, etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and, and then you and then you have Keaton or Rajay in the game at running back. I mean, no shortage of playmakers. And guys, by the way, yeah, another guy that uh, we we've been talking about, and I know you did on the running backs uh, show. Pop McKay had a great day yesterday. He's a very good blocker, as uh, he was at Coach Houston was asked about in the post game there for the spring game. Pop McKay is somebody, guys. I don't know about you, but you know, you see certain guys, and first of all, his name caught my eye, and then the kind of back he is, and and the fact that I, I think he's a guy that you could see some more um, playing time. And it's also good because when you have the combination of Harris and Mitchell, you don't want them hurt. So uh, especially some of these games where if we have a little bit of a lead, put Pop McKay in there to uh, definitely run at some clock and uh, get him some more experience. I really liked his play yesterday. He's uh, come a long way. And Dave – Donnie Kirkpatrick loved his play as well on, you know, in his post-game remarks, which you can find on our YouTube channel, as well as the comments of Coach Houston, uh, Blake Harrell, and then also uh, Jaira Wilson and Rajay Harris. Uh, uh, DK specifically uh, talked about that and, you know, you know, the, um, the things that Pop McKay brings to the table is just a, a matter of getting Pop to believe he's as good as he is in terms of him being a, a bigger back and 
and can do the things that, quote, big backs do as opposed to a scat back. No question about it. He's got a lot of talent. There's a lot of ceiling for him. And uh, it just comes down to me, uh, Matt, I, I was going to ask you, my friend, uh, when it comes to a guy like Pop McKay, I think it's, uh, you know, always one of my favorite things, experience breeds confidence. Uh, so for me personally, with a guy like Pop McKay that has a lot of talent, he hasn't had the maybe the reps that he would like or we would like to see. Um, we can't have 10 running backs, I know, but he's a, he's a guy that I believe that can be a great contribution this year. Yeah, I think there, I think there is room enough to go around for three running backs. I think they're – They'll find some packages to utilize him and um, and make sure he gets on the field. And, you know, definitely, definitely the talent is there. Um, you know, I in terms of the experience, you know, there's there's no substitute for, for game day and and uh, being in front of the crowd and, and, and making things happen on game day. So he's going to need that experience. But the talent is there. And I, I do think there's there's room enough for three running backs. And, you know, God forbid somebody goes down all of a sudden he's going to be thrust into a role where he's, he's a backup who's going to be getting, you know, 10 plus touches a game. So um, he needs to be ready to go. And by the way, guys, uh, one, one, uh, I know we're, uh, we're doing the show, obviously, about Isaiah Winston coming in from Pluto, but man, Mason Garcia, especially in the second half looked really good. I was really happy to see his play and, um, one of the questions, guys, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick said four years. My understanding is that uh, – help me out, Bubba. You're the uh, math guy and the numbers guy. But I thought that Mason, if he did not play, and I asked Stephen I go from here, and he agreed with me, it should be three years if Mason doesn't play uh, beyond the four games. Well, Mason came in um, you know, prior to that. 2020 season and uh, obviously that year did not count for anyone uh, and then last year Mason you know he, he I think he played in five games you can play in four and not lose your red shirt year so last year is, is burnt uh, so now he he's down to uh, he's down down to three years like you're saying but uh, he has that red shirt year so that's that's where that's coming in Dave uh, so you have he has he has four to play three essentially so okay. does that make now, sense why in the world did we it's play him in five games last year yeah well, that's the thing that was a uh, in my opinion that was a mistake because he never yeah. I mean anytime you get it's valuable don't get me wrong but he, he was not it's not like he was forced to play in a game because Holton went down uh, like right. you're saying Kyle right. I think that was the case, I believe, or no, I take that back. I thought it was going to be the case out at Houston. Remember Holton yeah. um, took a nasty hit, yeah. and then it looked like, I was like, well, Mason's going to be in for at least a series now, and then Holton was back out there. So, so yeah, that was, uh, in my opinion, a mistake to use that year a season ago. But this year, you know, it would be nice to be able to uh, – to get him some time, but not go beyond four games, so he'll still have three remaining. And but it, but yeah, we really need to get him some time because I'd hate for him to not see much action this year and get his first significant action outside of that, you know, Navy game that he started because of Holton's COVID situation uh, starting up at the Big House against Michigan next season. 
Well, we we need to get a road trip for that. Uh, Semenza, are you in for that for a road trip for Michigan in twenty three? Uh, Richard Allsburg chiming in. I agree. Number thirty three, Brock Spalding got some good reps at wide receiver. Agreed, Richard. He he's another one. Spalding, his name was called out. I heard a few times yesterday. So no doubt about it. Uh, definitely. And uh, one thing else to know, guys, uh, people. Uh, and yes, a hundred percent, Dave. All right, so we I've got at least one. I know the Rosenbaums will be there. Hopefully, Kyle will be there with us too. You know, if I can be there, Dave, I'll most definitely be making the road trip up to Michigan. No doubt. I can go ahead and confirm I won't be there. Okay. And Dave will say he's going to be there and then not go. No, I I have to work because for a living. Dave sometimes. All the time. <laughs> so sometimes when your job tells you you can't go, then you just can't go. So hey, you tell them to suck it and go anyway. Okay, Kyle. There, there are over a hundred thousand, you know, hundred and five, hundred and ten thousand Michigan fans that are dying, uh, you know, for a firsthand experience tailgating with Kyle from Lagrange. We, oh, of course. We, we got to, we got to get you up there and get uh, folks cultured. <laughs> well, they had all the culture they needed when uh, App State went up. Are you kidding? People from Michigan ain't got no damn culture. Biggest bunch of. Midwestern redneck morons. Have you ever seen Kid Rock, Eminem, and ICP? Are you kidding me? Well, here we go. (laughs) I mean, that's class. ICP, ICP, Kid Rock, and Eminem. That's Michigan right there for you, baby. That's Michigan. Yeah, I I was just kidding, but uh, wow. Yeah, after those comments, please do not go with us because I don't, (laughs) I don't want to get hit in the head with a battery. I, mean, I ain't this scared of Michigan. We're gonna go up there. And we're gonna bitch slap the Wolverines. We're gonna be. We're gonna beat the crap out of old khaki pants. We're gonna kick him around, and they're gonna think the day they lost to Appalachian State was the worst day ever. They're they're gonna they're, they'll never schedule another school from North Carolina. We're we're gonna go up there and we're and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna beat the crap out of the Michigan Wolverines with a brand new quarterback in 2023, 2023, whatever year it's gonna be. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the year. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, oh my god! I, I like to see my dad, you know, waving his hat the way he does and uh, saying, "How about that little teacher's college from down east?" <laughs> I want to hear some jungle calls from <laughs> from Gary Rosenbaum. That's that's some awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. Uh, let's see. Peanut Butter Hero says he'll be there. Thank God it's early the season, so it'll be cold. Amen. Peanut Butter. Amen. Peanut Butter Hero on that one. It'll be Labor Day weekend for 2023. Now, is Peanut Butter Hero, is he a hero to Peanut Butter? Is Peanut Butter his hero, or is he making a sub sandwich known as a hero out of Peanut Butter? I don't know. Yeah. It's too too late at night, to, at least for me, to uh, to do that. But enjoy the spring game. We look forward to a great thing. And by the way, fans, get your tickets, 1-800-DOWL-ECU. You can go online right now, anytime, ecpirates.com. Uh, let's let's shatter that record. Fifteen thousand is way too low. Let's make it eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand. Uh, yes, I'm greedy, but no, our goal is fifteen thousand, Dave. That's our goal. That's our goal. Fifteen thousand. Well, we'd like to see it at fifteen thousand. Come on, Pirate Nation. Can, well, come on, can our administration have some gumption? Let's not shoot for fifteen. Let's not shoot for fifteen thousand. Our goal should be to beat to lead the state in season ticket sales. We should be beating the drum right now that we want to beat North Carolina, North Carolina State, Duke, Wake Forest, and Appalachian and Charlotte. It's season tickets sales. 18,000, 19,000, 20,000. The goal shouldn't be 15,000. If, if, if you shoot for the moon, you might hit the stars. 
let's uh, let's have the goal to lead the to lead the state in season ticket sales. No doubt about it. A lot of great games on the schedule too. And that first oh, yeah. one, that's a great schedule. You got North Carolina State, Old Dominion with a regional rivalry there. You got the Campbell Fighting Camels, which will have some local interest. You got Memphis, UCF, Navy, Houston, all, you know, those are great conference games. And this is going to be your last chance, most likely, at least for the foreseeable future, to see Houston and UCF in, in, in Dowdy Ficklin. They're, they're going on to the Big 12. No doubt about it. We can win a lot of games this year in Dowdy Ficklin. And uh, $1,800, ECUECPirates.com. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, Matt had a bad connection. Uh, by the way, he's going to be off this week. He's on vacation. So be safe in Orlando, Matt. Don't get any kind of trouble. Kyle from LaGrange is not going to come to get you and bail you out. Uh, Bubba probably would, and I would, but I don't think Kyle will. Go down to Orlando. You've never been to Florida, have you? I uh, Believe it or not, no, I have not. Um, I've never had a reason to go. Uh, not a Mickey guy. I have no reason, to, no desire to go to Orlando. Uh, one of these days, I do want to go down to St. Augustine. I want to go to St. Augustine. It's beautiful, um, and I don't, I don't know why I haven't. But uh, one of these, one of these, uh, maybe this summer, me and Jessica will go to St. Augustine. Yeah, I've been to St. Augustine's, uh, I guess, three or four times at least. And uh, like Dave said, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yep. This place yeah, is interesting. I love history. So, Richard's asking any updates on the indoor practice facility. Uh, we we're hearing uh, there is money pledged. Uh, no, let's keep it top secret, Dave. Don't say anything. Keep it top secret. That's how you get stuff done. You keep it top secret and you don't tell anybody about it. That's how you get stuff done. That that's always when you want to get something accomplished. Keep it top secret. Say say stuff to only a few people about it. Let there be rumors about it online. Don't make public announcement and grandiose plans and get people excited and fired up and go after corporate sponsorships. Just keep it top secret. Hush hush. Only tell a few rich donors about it. That's how you get stuff done. Yeah, we have so many rich donors out there, right? So, yep. and we're not anti the rich donors. So, let me make that very clear. But no, I like them. If they want to give me some money, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, no doubt. But yes, there are plans in the works. I would, we can, we'll say that. And I'm sure there'll be a from the helm here pretty soon. Uh, hopefully. There was, there was, there was one the other day. <laughs> But hopefully we can have uh, something. The indoor practice facility is the elephant in the room. It's the most important thing that we have for ECU athletics. Uh, we should have had this announced three years ago. And it just we keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, there's no sense. I don't know. Maybe we're waiting for a certain amount to be pledged before we make a formal announcement. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I, I wish I did. We got to look. We can't live in fear. We have plenty of people that are out there, small donors and big donors, that if you say we're going to do this, including uh, it's something people want. This isn't like some pet project that nobody wants except for a few people. Everybody wants it. So put it out there that everybody wants it. So there are people like the us that are in the that are watching this show, the hundred dollar donors all the way to the thousand dollar donors. That's where you're. That's where your bread and butter is. There's a lot of people that take a shower after work that are power fans. Those people want to feel, feel a part of it. So, uh, that's the problem with we have right now is we don't have – there's a disconnect with the 100 to to $1,000 donors. 
and it's it's unfortunate. We're not going to waste time on it, but let's uh, let's get on it. Let's get on it and get it out there. Uh, have a sense of urgency and tension is missing, and I'll leave it at that, Bubba Rosenbaum. Yeah, I have heard that. Um, you know, some folks have. I'm not sure. You know, any number, or anything like that. But I have seen and you know heard from folks who have called the Pirate Club trying to make a donation specifically for the indoor practice facility, and uh, you know weren't able to do so at this point in time. So well, that's genius. That's just completely hopefully, genius. When, hopefully, when that's happening. Hopefully, uh, whoever they're speaking with is, uh, is you know, showing their, showing their showing their appreciation and say, hey, look, uh, yeah, I mean, and so so the people that are uh, eager to give the money are uh, just as eager, if not more eager, to uh, do so uh, when the plans are, are unveiled uh, here in the next few weeks. Bubba, so what you're meaning to tell me, what, what you're saying to me, what, what I'm hearing coming out of your mouth, the words that you're saying coming across broadcast and transition live all throughout the world, anybody can click and listen. Do we have pirates calling the pirate club saying, hey, can I give you money to, to the indoor pride facility? And they're saying not at this present time. Are we a bunch of buffoons? Are we buffoonery buffoon foons? I mean, what are we doing? If somebody look, oh, my God. Mm. Bubba, you got him going, Bubba. You got him going. This is WWE promo style. I mean, based on based on on, uh, the sources, I do think that's accurate information. I don't. I mean, I don't see why somebody would make that up. But But here's the thing: that is mind-bogglingly stupid. Yeah, I mean, you, you say yes, we will take that money. And we will put it over here and whatever. I'm sure we have accounts that we hold money in. And once that project becomes, you know, becomes public, we will apply that money towards the project. No, no, we can't take your money right now. Uh, You call back later. Call back later and try to give us your money. Good God. We have so much. Here's the thing. One, One hand, we're hearing how we don't have any money. But on the other hand, uh, people are turning them away. We should never be. We're in Pirate Nation at East Carolina University. We should never be turning. Hey, hey, hey Bubba. Bubba, did, did, did anybody ever contact that person back about the other issue that they never got contacted back about for about a week or two? As far as the purchasing of season tickets and, uh, right. and jo- joining the Pirate Club, purchasing a parking pass, no, no, uh, no, no return phone call was made. And that's been, you know, that was two weeks at least before the priority deadline and the, the priority deadline came and uh, and went. (laughs) You mean to tell me is we have people... No return phone call had been made. So you have people contacting... You're listening out there, Ryan Robinson, John Gilbert. So you got people contacting the Pirate Club to buy season tickets, make a sizable donation, and purchase a parking pass, and they want to speak with somebody personally, not not just do it with anybody, uh, because I guess they wanted some comments to be made, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, and, and then nobody ever calls them back. They leave a message, and nobody ever calls them back. So, if anything, it's just p- piss poor communication on somebody's end. So I, I don't know what's going on. Somebody needs to get the crap together. Well, here's the deal: if you're if you're taking money from ECU, they're not. If they're not taking. Oh, okay. Go ahead. No, no, no. If you're taking money and you're part of the Pirate Club, and we love everybody at the Pirate Club, but the thing is, is that we got to see results. We got to see results. And right now, the indoor practice facility, we understand you can't 
build it in a short period of time. And obviously, we don't have, uh, unfortunately, Vince McMahon won't write a $20 million check or whatever it would be for the practice facility. Um, it take All this stuff takes time. But guess what? The more that we're screwing around, and you're getting paid to screw around, then guess what? That's more that we're behind. Uh, there was a great article, guys, last year. I think I mentioned this once before, and then we'll go. Well, what we should do, see, we'll be creative, baby. Vince won't do it. Let's contact Tony Khan. How, yeah. how you tell Tony Khan right now? Say, Tony, Tony Khan, Khan man. Look, how about at East Carolina University? We have the Tony Khan AEW practice facility. That'll <laughs> stick it to Vince. You, you want to stick it to Vince? I'd be on the phone with Tony Khan tomorrow, or at least try to get on the phone with him. Hell, anything. I mean, call Titan Sports with Vince McMahon and tell him that you have Tony Khan. <laughs> that wants to make yeah, if you're going to do events, Tony Khan's going to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know how that goes. They put the millionaires in the room and they say, so. Hey, and Tony, uh, we know Tony Khan loves football. Yeah, he sure does. His dad owns the, the Jaguars. Jaguars. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we know that that and Zay Jones, he's got the ECU connection there, being playing for the Jaguars this year. Uh, by and the David way. Gerard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, two sad things uh, that we want to mention. And I almost uh, got out of here for it. Uh, Mark Wharton, I saw uh, a former uh, pirate, and obviously we think a lot of him. And he was uh, someone I know he's with the Mox Chattanooga, right? He, uh, his bro twin brother died yesterday. A very sad situation. I don't know what happened. He put a post on Facebook. And Mark, we just want to say from all of us here at the Sports Objective, very sad uh, for you and your family. We're rooting for you and your mom and your whole family. Uh, we want to say that. And then uh, football news uh, with Dwayne Haskins getting killed yesterday. That was very sad, of course, a former Redskin. He was with the Pittsburgh Steelers now and uh, died yesterday morning. A dump truck hit him uh, down in wow. Florida. So very sad situation there. So uh, not a good weekend for uh, football fans. And certainly with uh, the Whartons, we, we want to say hello to you. And we're thinking about you guys. Yeah, and personal note, my wife's aunt passed away uh, this past week. Her funeral was yesterday. Um, so if anybody out in Power Nation will uh, keep my wife's family and uh, your thoughts and prayers, would be appreciated. Uh, there was something Bubba posted up here. and uh, yeah, <laughs> But let me ask you guys a question. Um, and I know we're running tight on time, and we got to get, get out of here. we got work tomorrow. But there's somebody that's one of my heroes. Unfortunately, I never got to meet. He passed away before I even really – was a pirate, but if uh, Leo Jenkins was a chancellor right now, how fast do you think we would have an indoor practice facility? Yeah, it's tough to say. I, I do think that there would be a more um, vocal uh, campaign. Right. Um, I, I uh, you know, if Terry Holland was still AD, I think you'd see a more vocal campaign. Um, yep. You know, I, I don't, you know, it seems like we hate on Gilbert a lot and it's just, it's not like with with Jeff Confer. With Jeff Confer, look, there was no, a vile hate because he, he was no, a, he was a terrible person. No, different. Um, different. Gilbert is more just he. It's just John. Would you just do a few damn things? It's, it's just you just want to grab him and shake him. I mean, it's it's not it's not a hatred. You just want to go wake up. Um, yeah. that that kind of thing, you know. And I, I, I you know, I, we're so close to where we want to be in football, at least. Uh. You know, it's not going to take much for us to turn the corner and get there, but we need some fire. Uh, you know, it, it people not calling people back at the Pirate Club, 
there not being a public campaign yet for the indoor practice facility, uh, stating our season ticket goal, we'd like to be at 15,000. No, man, we need a set number, 16, 17, 18,000, and we need to be pushing for it. It's not what we need to be at 15,000. I mean, that, that's, you know, 18K, that's what we're pushing for right here. Um, so. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll tell, tell you what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Is the administration, until they tell me differently, they're scared to fail. If you're scared to fail, you're going to fail. And so for me personally, I would much rather say for here, you say sincerely 18,000, 20,000. That's what we're shooting for, Dave. And we need your help. Pirate Nation call right now. I'd rather hear that and fail than to say 15,000, which is such a soft number. We can get 15,000. And yes, we've been through a difficult time. We understand the same thing with the practice facility. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants this. It's not a controversial issue. And guess what? The only way that we're going to get it is to wait for it, wait for it, raise money. So guess what? We need every single pirate. You know what? I may only be able to give $500 or $1,000 to the whole campaign. But guess what? That's going to be my contribution in that range. And guess what? I feel a part of it. That's what everybody, Kyle, everybody wants to feel a part of it. Let's say Kyle can give, you know, $10,000. I don't know. I'm not going to put him down, but. If he can only give ten thousand five hundred one dollar whatever, every pirate should. It'll feel be like somewhere between one dollar and ten thousand. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you nailing that down for us. <laughs> no, but I, I didn't want to insult you because all my point was is that it doesn't matter if it's Kyle from Lagrange, myself, Bubba, whoever in Pirate Nation. We just want to be a part of the indoor practice facility, and that's how you get people riled up. That's how you get checks in the. We don't have enough millionaires out there to keep calling those millionaires and just focusing on them. No, and we're aging out, Dave, and I know we need to wrap this up. We're going long, yeah. but we are aging out. That's another problem that we need to have a whole discussion on about the Pirate Club, ECU fans. We, because we've been so bad the last several years of football up until last year, and we, we haven't done a good job of, of, of you know, we, we're, the, we're the damn young people, and God money, we're all old. We're all in our 40s now. <laughs> we we got to do a better job getting younger. Exactly. exactly, because uh, those people are aging out. We're losing the Walter Williams of the world. We're losing um, the people, a lot of great donors out there, uh, for sure. All right, want to thank Matt Semenza. We want to thank Isaiah Winstead. Glad to have him part of the wide receiver room. And, folks, again, order your season tickets, 1-800-DIAL-ECU, or you can simply go anytime to ecpirates.com. Thank you, Kyle, my friend. We'll be thinking about you and your family and Jessica. Again, thanks to uh, Bubba Rosenbaum for producing and being a part of the show and Matt Semenza. Until next time, you've been watching and listening to the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates.